With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. Happy to have you guys with us. And we've been talking a lot about uh, the Pelicans and obviously the hiring of David Griffin several year, uh, several days ago that it's kind of uh, changed the the impact of the Pelicans and the future of this organization. And David Griffin will be the man and head of making all the big decisions moving forward. And join us now is a guy who actually interviewed David Griffin about 24 hours before he took the Pelicans job. He is uh, Michael Pena, NBA writer and reporter for SB Nation. Michael, what's going on, man? Not too much. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you wrote a piece a couple of days ago. You end up chatting with David Griffin, who... You know, as we know, has been a, an analyst this whole season for NBA TV and Sirius XM and been lending his expertise. And just 24 hours before he agrees to become the Pelicans executive vice president, I guess my first question would be, what did he have to say about getting back into the NBA and what he was looking for? Yeah, so, I mean, when we talked, obviously, the, I did not know that he was on the verge of, of landing a position, although ever since he was... Uh, ever since he was unable to uh, come to a contract resolution with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, Griff's name has been rumored in just about every single opening because uh, of such a, a fantastic job he did in a really difficult situation with the Cleveland Cavaliers, leading them to helping lead them to a uh, championship, obviously with LeBron James and 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 stealing that ship, which is not easy as we. We've have seen with the Los Angeles Lakers uh, this season. So when I talked to Griff, you know, there was a sense. I asked him if he was even interested in coming back into the NBA. And, um, you know, he was very specific about uh, uh, not taking a job with, uh, unless he could, you know, unless his personality and his uh, belief system aligned with ownership because ownership is just such a powerful thing in the NBA. Not a lot of fans realize it, but if you have bad ownership or meddling ownership, it can really be disruptive. And obviously, he felt that the ownership situation uh, in New Orleans is stable enough and competent enough to for him to take the job there. So um, uh, it's it's a fantastic hire for the for the Pelicans organization, and they should be really feel really really lucky to have him. There was a little traction last week, Michael, that the uh, after Magic Johnson, Johnson's departure from the Lakers that L.A. may have interest in him. What does it say about the Pelicans organization that Griffin chose New Orleans over some of these other potential openings that are out there? I think it – I don't know how real it was ever for Griff to uh, be with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that it speaks kind of volumes even not knowing that information because, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers job is, is very attractive um, as, as even as, as dysfunctional and disappointing 
as they've looked uh, over the past, I guess you could say, five, six years. Uh, it's still the Los Angeles Lakers job, and you know, it, 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 life is a little bit easier, I think, there if you're able to navigate free agency and uh, you know, close the deal on some signings because you know, guys still want to play for the Lakers. They still have, in my opinion, LeBron is still the best player in the world. I think that's uh, not as clear as it used to be. Um, but they still have LeBron James, and he's locked up. It's just a very attractive uh, position. They have, they have, uh, they may not have enough assets to get someone like Anthony Davis, but they have assets, uh, very intriguing, tradable assets on rookie sale contracts. So, uh, for Griff to take the Pelicans' job, I think it speaks volumes about their situation um, in terms of stability and, and confidence and. Uh, obviously, he has a monumental decision up ahead. Uh, Lord knows when he's going to make that decision or what he's going to do. But with Anthony Davis's future kind of hanging in the balance, uh, uh, you would assume that someone who took this job uh, is not there to have a short, uh, make short-term fix decisions and put a band-aid on things. I think that he is in it for the long haul, and, and his decision-making process will will uh, be dictated by how successful he can be long-term. Well, talking with Michael Pena, NBA writer and reporter for SB Nation, uh, interviewed David Griffin just uh, a day before he agreed to become the Pels executive VP. What have you heard from around the league? What's been the reaction uh, of Griffin taking the Pelicans job? Because I, I remember hearing a couple days ago on the jump on ESPN, Rachel Nichols and Brian Windhorst and a couple other people saying – Man, it would be a tremendous get if the Pels were to get him. Uh, what have you been hearing from around the league? I mean, is everybody kind of on the same page thinking this is, this is a tremendous hire? Yeah, it's extremely positive. Um, again, everything I said about Griff and his track record and just, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, this isn't to take anything away from anyone else, but sometimes when you do those interviews uh, that are on the record, it's very difficult to, I guess, for lack of a better word, learn anything new. Uh, guys, keep it safe and 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 just kind of uh, preach the groupthink that is that is kind of dispersed throughout throughout uh, NBA media and NBA coverage. And you know, talking to Griff, he still is able to teach and uh, synthesize information in such a way that is just uh, I find rare. Um, I think he's just really impressive, a really impressive mind. He thinks uh, outside of the box. And uh, the way he articulates things is is very very impressive. Um, so I mean, yeah, Griff, probably the best, most accomplished, most experienced GM on the market. And any team that got him, whether it be the Lakers, whether it be the Washington Wizards, whether it be whoever lets go of their general manager over the next few weeks and months here, uh, for the Pelicans to get him, given everything that they just went through, uh, I think that it is. It is uh, it is wildly impressive, and they should be extremely elated to to have him. So let's get into it. His first order of business is is a big one, and and could be one that can make or break this franchise moving forward. Um, thoughts on potential suitors for Anthony Davis? I mean, are, granted, we know AD is going to be you know this is going to be his last de- uh, year of his deal. So you know some teams could look at it as oh we're going to go get Anthony Davis, and then convince him to sign here long-term. Some teams may be looking at it as, we'll, we'll take a flyer to a one-year rental of Anthony Davis. What do you make of, uh, the, what's the market going to be like for an Anthony Davis? I think if, 
if I can go in uh, Griff's shoes for just two seconds, I think the first order of business is for me to try to convince Anthony to stay because that's, I think that if you can get Anthony to stay and re-sign long-term despite everything that has happened there, that's a win for you. That's a win for the organization. That's a win for just the city of New Orleans. Uh, I don't know how realistic that is, but I do know that Griff already has a prior relationship with Rich Paul, obviously, from his years conducting business with Clutch and with uh, uh, all the clients Clutch had, including LeBron and Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith and all those guys. So he has, he has history with Rich Paul. Uh, it's a new regime here in New Orleans, uh, and the old one just, in my opinion, was one of the least effective, I think, uh, in terms of strategy and long-term vision. Uh, so coming in, Griff has an ability. He, he has, I think his first tour of duty, his responsibility is to pitch Anthony Davis on, on why he should stay. And if that, that does not work, I still think that the Boston Celtics and the, uh, you know, the assets that they have are more impressive than just about anything anyone else can offer. I am extremely high on. Uh, Jason Tatum and and uh, and Jalen Brown and then the picks that they have going forward and if I were to reboot my organization around Jason Tatum, I would feel terrific. Uh, uh, on top of draft picks and my own pick for in this year's draft, also. Uh, so that's the route I would go. I would I would really set my eyes on Tatum and my have all my focus there. Uh, because I just don't know how many teams are going to be willing to give up valuable assets for a guy who could walk in just a season. Yeah, real quick, Michael, I want to play this for you. We're talking with Michael Pena from uh, NBA writer and reporter for SB Nation. Uh, David Griffin said this several weeks ago uh, on NBA TV. He was asked, if I'm, if you're the GM of the Pelicans, what would you be looking for in exchange for Anthony Davis? Here was his response. For me personally, as I look at that, if I was holding their cards, I would probably want to be in a situation where I got at least one young player that projected potentially to be a star, Mm -hmm. draft picks, an elite role player, somebody that could really further the cause for us as a winner. Because when you're bringing more young kids to the fore, you need those guys to galvanize a group. So I find that intriguing because it's a player with star potential, like we've all had our eyes on, Jason Tatum, who you mentioned, uh, Potential draft picks, which the Celtics have some of, and then another role player, which could be, I don't know, a Marcus Smart or somebody else that they might want to throw in. Um, The Celtics seem to fit that mold, but I find that interesting that that's what David Griffin said several weeks ago, and now that he's in the shoes as a GM, I would think his asking price would still be the same. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's the... the, trajectory that the New Orleans Pelicans need to set themselves on. You know, you look at uh, similar trades and similar situations uh, throughout the league. And, you know, one example is the Kawhi Leonard trade to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl in a pick. I don't think that the the Pelicans would be interested in, in a package like that, uh, meaning a proven star veteran is already being paid a lot of money. Uh, who can replicate maybe you know seventy five eighty percent of the outgoing talent? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think that if they want to really set themselves up for the future, you need to reboot and rebooting around a twenty year old player like uh, Jason Tatum, who can who's already shown that he is a, uh, a productive piece in 
the postseason at his young age, uh, who had one of the more impressive runs of anyone his age last year, uh, who can already create his own shot against just about any defender in basketball, which is just it's just wild to me, his, his upside and his ceiling. So if I were David Griffin, I, I would really, really, really be excited about the possibility of getting someone for Tatum if I was not unable to convince AD to stay. And real quick on that, Griff does have a relationship with Danny Ainge. I think I saw you tweet it out. What, he worked with film with uh, Ainge back in Phoenix? Yeah, he was a video coordinator for the Phoenix Suns when, when Danny Ainge was there uh, several lifetimes ago. But they, they definitely still have a relationship. And uh, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they've already had already had conversations, to be honest. Uh, a little background talks. Um uh, so yeah, they have a relationship. Obviously, a lot of people are pointing to uh, the relationship that that Griff has with LeBron James uh, in, in LA. Uh, but I think that that ship has sailed personally, given all that has happened with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and those assets that have kind of diminished in value. Um, I still think that the Celtics, the Celtics are in the in the driver's seat here. Well, you know, if if he if uh, AD or you know LeBron's so dead set on playing with AD, why don't AD stay in New Orleans and maybe convince LeBron to come join him in New Orleans? Maybe they could do that. I don't know. Um, talking with Michael Pena here, so I, I want to pose something to you, Michael, that would be intriguing to me. Um, the if any one of those teams with the lottery coming up in a couple weeks, if any team lands the number one pick, I got to think. They're going to be dead set on taking Zion Williamson, with the one exception being the New York Knicks. Um, you know, if it's the the Hawks or the Bulls or the Suns, whoever that team is, they're going to take Zion, and that's it. The Knicks, all signs point to this offseason, Kevin Durant may be going and signing with New York. We've even heard rumblings that Kyrie Irving may be willing to go to New York. If that happens, this is an interesting dynamic for the for the for the Knicks. Do you take Zion Williamson, if they do presumably get the number one pick, and pair him with KD and Kyrie and say, hey, give him a couple years, Zion's really going to become something? Or do you take the the known versus the unknown, send that number one pick to New Orleans for Anthony Davis with the assurance that he's going to sign there long term, and you instantly have a big three of Kyrie, KD, and AD, and instantly the Knicks become one of the favorites in the East. What are the chances of something like that happening? Well, I, I think, first of all, you have to uh, – a lot of things need to happen for that to happen, obviously. First and foremost, uh, the Knicks have a 14% chance of getting the first overall pick, so that's not great. <laughs> if you don't get that, then that kind of kills, kills the dream there. Uh, and then you have, you know, everyone thinks that Katie's going to New York, but um, there are people in the, in the Golden State Warriors organization who are, who are, uh, are semi-confident or cautiously optimistic that they could keep him in the right circumstance. And then you have Kyrie, who nobody knows, and I don't even know if he knows uh, what he's going to do this summer. So uh, it is an intriguing uh, hypothetical for sure. And if I was New York, I don't know if I would uh, if I would um, trade that pick, to be honest. I think that having someone like Zion on a, on a rookie-scale deal is extremely valuable. And, you know, uh, paying AD, KD, and Kyrie, that, that would obviously be a formidable team. But those three are also, you know, uh, uh, moody to be nice. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know if that would work necessarily. And they would all be paid a, a lot of money over a long period of time. So, I mean, you could always break it up if it doesn't work. But uh, I think 
having someone like Zion, you, you would have to think real long and hard about trading that pick if you got the number one pick. All right, let me just flip it to you slightly here. Let's say the Knicks get the number two pick. Zion goes number one. Ja Morant is what everybody's expecting to be the number two, but in this hypothetical, Kyrie Irving is already the point guard in New York. The Pels are already playing Drew Holiday as the two. Ja Morant will be a dynamic one-two punch next to those guys. If you're the Knicks, would you consider, if you end up with the number two pick, sending that to New Orleans for Anthony Davis? Uh, with John Morant being the overall number two, and, and again, this hypothetical, Kyrie's already the point guard. Yeah, I would, I would one hundred percent dangle that out there. Um, I don't know if that's the best offer that New Orleans could get for AD. To be honest, um, I, I, I honestly don't know. Even if Kyrie were to leave, how aggressive the Celtics would still be. Uh, Jason Tatum may as, may be off the table. He may not. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know. And then, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in a place like Philadelphia um, with with Ben Simmons and his situation. Uh, so there's just there's a couple different players out there that could uh, spice it up a little bit. Um, I don't know. But uh, if I were New York, I would, yeah, I would definitely dangle that stuff pick out there if I were number two pick. That's an interesting one, too. I didn't think of that. But, if yeah, if Philly were to want to say, all right, let's sell on Ben Simmons. Obviously, he played college ball at LSU. He's used to South Louisiana. That would be an interesting one. I, I still think, Michael, there's going to be some wild card team out there. There may be somebody like the Blazers who say, you know what, we'll take a one-year rental on Anthony Davis just for the hell of it. We don't care if he signs here long term. We'll give you C.J. McCollum and two firsts or whatever. Like I think there's going to be a wild card team out there that nobody's talking about. They very well could be. I I I don't think CJ was is that attractive. If I were David Griffin, given what he said and given you know what the Pelicans should be looking for, um, you know something like CJ and Zach Collins and you know I don't know how many picks it would take, but I, I don't even think that their offer could be that intriguing to me. Uh, the one surprise team I would throw out there is the Denver Nuggets. I think that they have a lot of really young, interesting pieces. You know, the Pelicans had an opportunity to draft Jamal Murray, uh, and they took Buddy Heald a few years ago. Uh, Jamal Murray is a really interesting player. You have Michael Porter Jr., who obviously has not played yet, but was one of the best players in the Cisco class before he had uh, multiple back surgeries. That's not a great sign, but um, they have some young, interesting pieces. Jerry Harris, a few others. Uh, I think that they could, if they if they had a good showing in this postseason, they could be. I think that they could be a real player here. That is interesting. He is Michael Pena. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael V. Pena. Of course, you can read some of his work at SB Nation. And, of course, that piece interviewing David Griffin just uh, 24 hours before he agreed to become the Pelicans executive uh, vice president. Michael, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate your, uh, your insight. Let's do it again soon. Yep, thanks for your time. All right, man, thanks a lot. Michael Pena there of uh, SB Nation, formerly of uh, Vice Sports, and does a really good job. Uh, I, it was funny. I was reading his piece and on and interviewing David Griffin, and it was like, hey, yeah, so just uh, right when I wrote this, uh, he was not the VP of uh, Executive Vice President of the Pelicans, and now he is. So uh, pretty interesting uh, piece. And, you know, he talks to Griff about um, – 
you know, what would make him attracted to a team. And he said, the thing that would attract me is an opportunity to be in lockstep with ownership, to have ownership, the coach and the front office all on the same page moving forward and sharing a vision. And it sounds like that's exactly what he's getting with Gail Benson and uh, the leadership of the Pelicans. And if you're a Pels fan, you couldn't be more excited than that, you know, about that because it shows that they're doing they're doing things the right way here. That Gail Benson absolutely cares and is saying, all right, David, you've got tons of years of experience and expertise. Go to work. You're our guy. You're in charge. You make the calls. And so if you're a Pelicans fan, it absolutely gives you reason for for optimism and excitement moving forward as opposed to the stalemate that they had kind of been in in recent years. It's Chris Gordy Show. Quick break here. We'll be back uh, more rolling on here on a Tuesday. Stay with us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.